troublemaker. <clears throat> All right, guys. Mama, quit talking. Let's pray real quick. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you this morning just to, Lord, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to be here together, Lord. And Lord, on, on a special day, Lord, a, a, a day that the world actually puts aside, sets aside to recognize the birth of your son, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, just to be with us, Lord, as, as, as we are drawing together, Lord, in church, Lord, just to, to worship you, Lord, and to glorify your son that was sent for our salvation, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Bye. So we're going to deviate a little bit from the what we've been teaching on because this is the this is the end of the year, and we're right here, you know, Christmas Eve, and uh, I got to thinking, you know, th we celebrate we celebrate Christ's birth in December 25th, even though we know that wasn't the day. We still set that aside as a day we celebrate. The world celebrates that the Christ died for our sins, and and He was born here for that purpose, Lord. But you know, I got to thinking. What's wrong with this world? Because tomorrow, people won't even probably think about Christ. They can't wait to get up and tear open gifts and, and eat food and drink and party and see family. But there will be probably less than 1% less than of the thought tomorrow will be about Christ. But without Christ, where would we be? It would be a bad place, right? And, and God sent this Savior to, to earth to die for us. And what did God ask us to do? The really, the only thing He's really asked us to do is submit to Him and His will. And if we did in our lives, then we would honor Christ tomorrow. Tomorrow would be, there would be banners all over the freeways and parades, but there's not. Because this world does not submit to Christ. And you know what? I'm thinking about it. Christians don't submit to Christ either. And why is the world the way it is? Because it refuses to submit to Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about today is submitting to God. So let's start off in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. You know, you think about that submission. Submission is about having somebody or some God that is, is an authority above you and, and listening to them. You know, that's submission right there. You know, and, and it's kind of kind of funny. We were, you know, laying in bed getting ready to go to sleep last night. And Claudia's looking at her phone and, and she's uh, watching these haircutting videos. And she shows me this video. She goes, look, I'm going to get my hair like that. This woman's got platinum blonde hair. And I told her real quick, no. No. Please submit to that. Please don't do your hair that way. <laughs> but, so Ma Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. <clears throat> the Bible says, And he went a little farther, we're talking about Christ here, and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, that's God, right? Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as I will but as thou wilt that's submission right there okay this is Christ he's in the garden he knows what's happening Christ knows that he has to die for our sins and he knows that this very night they're getting ready to come and arrest him 
There's a group of guys going to come in there with swords and sticks, and they're going to take him away to beat him, to mock him, and then crucify him. And he knows this. And he's talking to God here. He says, God, if it would be possible that I didn't have to go through this. Okay? God, and Jesus is not scared of death. Okay? It's not death. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But he says, not your will. I mean, not my will, but yours. So he's facing arrest, yet we see Jesus Christ submits to God's will. Okay? And let's say, same chapter, let's look at verse 42. Just a couple, cha a couple verses down. The verse 42 says, He went away again the second time and prayed. He's praying to who? He's praying to God the Father in heaven. He said, and he prayed saying, Oh my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. So now he's saying, God, the only way that this earth can receive salvation is if I obey your will. I have to drink this cup. I don't want to, you know, but he does. And Jesus submits to God. Why? Because he, what's he facing right here, guys? He's facing a wrongful death. How many people are, I'm sure there, there's people in this world that get wrongfully convicted and they get executed. They faced a wrongful death. They had to drink that cup. They didn't want to. This is what Jesus is. He's facing a wrongful death. Jesus did not submit to death though, okay? He submitted to God's will. He didn't submit to death. Jesus submitted to God's will. What was that? It was the right thing to do. And that's what we talk about. It's the right thing to do. You know, if you're, if you're in a discussion with somebody and they tell you, hey, this, this, and this, this is the right thing to do, you might want to listen. Okay? It's the right thing to do. And why was that? Because it's necessary for God's plan in his life. It's just like us. We need to submit to God's plan in our life. He sent this, this child, little Jesus, is going to be born on this earth, right? That's what we're celebrating. But that's so we could submit to God. Right. And Jesus knew by submitting to God to I'm sorry, to submitting to God's will in his life. He knew that that would bring all the sin of this world, past, present and future upon him in an instant. Think about that. OK, he wasn't submitting to death. He was submitting to taking your sins. Yeah. He was submitting to taking our sins upon him and he took them alone. There was nobody there taking them with him, was he? Nobody was sharing in that. Nobody else died for our sins. He did. He took it all alone. Okay. And he knew, he knew when this happened that he would face God's wrath. That's what he was submitting for. And that's what he was hurting for. And that's what he was saying. If I, you know, if there's a way I could not do this because he was scared of that wrath, because what is it? That wrath is God's hatred for sin that Christ took while he was on the cross. That submission right there. Okay, and, and this is the example that Jesus gave to us about submission. And we should submit to God's will in our lives even when we don't want to. Or maybe when we don't feel like it's right. How many people tell you that? Well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like doing that. Too bad. If it's the right thing to do, you do it. Okay, it's still the right thing to do and it's necessary. Why? Because it's God's will. Okay. And this is what's wrong with this world. We don't submit to God's will. Okay? Let's look at John chapter 12. <clears throat> John chapter 12, <clears throat> verse 27. 
John chapter 12, verse 27, the Bible says, and here's Christ again. He says, now is my soul troubled. And, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. That's a, that's a strong statement, right? His flesh is troubled, right? He's not wanting, he, he's just like us. He was born in flesh. He had the same feelings. He had the feeling of, man, I really don't want to do this, but I have to. And why does it say that? Because it is God's will right there. And if you, you know, look at that, it says, if any man, um, look at verse 26, look up. It says, him, my father will honor. It's talking about honoring his father. He's honoring his father by doing God's will, by doing his father's will. Well, let's look at John chapter five, verse 30. These go together. <clears throat> John chapter five, verse 30 says, Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. That's like us, right? We can't do nothing without God, right? We do. We fail. That's what we do. It says, I can, I'm sorry, John chapter 30. I can of mine own self do nothing as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will. Here we go. But the will of the father with has sent me. So God submitted, Jesus submitted to God's will, even though Jesus really didn't want to, right? He was having the same feelings, that wrongful death, right? We need to ask ourselves, do we truly submit to all? And that should be in capital letters right there, all, all of God's will in our lives. Do you submit to every aspect of God's will in your life? Or do you pick and choose what you're going to submit to? Because if you pick and choose, guess what? You fail 100%. Isn't that kind of, kind of sad? We could try to meet God's will over in this part, but over here we don't feel like meeting God's will. So guess what? You fail 100%. It's not like you get 70% and you still pass the class. No, you fail because you're not submitting 100% of your life to Christ, right? And we just don't get to pick and choose. That's, because, that's called rebellion to God. Okay, so God commands us to submit to him also by submitting to the others that he puts above us. And we're going to look at some of that. And we need to understand this, that God is serious about submission, 100% serious. And nobody will talk about this because if you talk about it, oh, it's going to make people uncomfortable, right? Because they don't feel like submitting. They don't feel like doing the right thing, right? But he commands us, God commands us 100% submission, not 30% or 10% or 5%. And it's a commandment from God. Okay. That's a commandment. That's not a suggestion. That's not a request. That's not a, you know, maybe you should do this. It's nothing that you should be able to refuse. It's a commandment from God. So to be right with God and to live a long life in peace, what do we need to do? Submit to God's will 100%, right? Let's start in Genesis chapter 16. See if God's serious about submission. Genesis chapter 16. Genesis 16, 9. <clears throat> the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. We're talking about Hagar here. Hagar was, the, was under... Under Sarai, right? She was placed there. That was her mistress, right? Well, she, we all know the story. Abraham, you know, had a child with Hagar. Hagar got scared because Sarai wanted to kill her now, and she fled. 
And God said, no, you go back and submit to her. Even though you don't know what Sarai is going to do to you, you go back and submit. Because God had put her above her, right? So let's look at 2 Samuel. So there's people in our lives we need to submit to. And that's just an example of one of them. 2 Samuel 22, 45. 22, 45, the Bible says, Strangers shall submit themselves unto me. As soon as they hear, they shall be obedient unto me. What we're talking about here is God commands strangers who were heathen, right, to submit to King David after this war. And they were going to submit because God said so. Okay? They didn't like it, but they're going to do it. Let's look at 1 Chronicles 29. 1 Chronicles 29, 24. First Chronicles 29, 24, the Bible says, And all the princes and all the mighty men and all the sons likewise of King David submitted themselves unto Solomon the king. Okay? They submitted why? Because God commanded all the princes and all the mighty men, basically everybody in power back then, to submit to what? King Solomon. Because he put King Solomon over them. That's the right thing to do. They might not even like King Solomon. It's just like you might, not, you might not vote for the President of the United States. You might not like him. But guess what? God allowed him to be in power, so now you submit. You don't go into armed surrection against him, right? So let's look at Psalm 66. Does anybody think God is not serious about submission? Psalm 66, verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, say unto God, how terrible art thou in, in thy works. Through, thy, through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. Here we go. Listen to this. All the earth shall worship thee and sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name Selah. Wow. So what do we see here? God commands his enemies to submit to him, right? And they have to submit whether they want to or not here. They don't get an option, right? And he said their submission will be so complete. Their submission will be so complete to God that they will worship him and sing him. Can you sing unto him? Can you imagine his enemies worshiping him and singing unto him? Well, they will. Oh, they will, right? He's serious about submission. It wouldn't it have been better. And think about it in our, our lives. Think about it in our context. Wouldn't it be better in our lives if we submitted to God's will because we chose to not because he forced us to. Okay? Because he can force you to submit. You know, you, you'd go, I don't want to do that, God. You know? And guess what happens? Bad things happen. There was a guy that ended up inside of a fish for three days because he didn't want to submit. Not a good place to be, right? So no matter what we do or where we go, <clears throat> when we are against God, he still will win and we will submit. Okay, we need to learn that because as long as we're in rebellion against God, even if it's 10 percent of our life, you're going to be a most miserable person. Okay, life is much easier when we submit and obey God. Let's look at Psalms 81. Psalms 81. 81:15. the Bible says, 
the haters of the Lord. Wow, listen to that. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. The haters of the Lord. So these are the people that hate God. These are the atheists today. These are the ones that have that, you know, uh, foundation against religion thing going on. These are the ones that have the, the prayer taken out of school and the, and the Bible verses taken out of the courthouses, right? Those who hate God, they should have submitted to his will, it says, right? If they, if they did, they would have had a longer life. Think about that. You know, so you're going to spend your life fighting against God. You're going to be miserable all your life. And then you're not going to live the life that he would allow you to live. It's going to be shortened because of your stupidity and because of your ignorance and your fighting and rebelliousness. And then guess what? If you're not saved, guess where that leads you to? Eternity burning. Okay? All because what? You're full of pride and you don't want to submit. So how bad does our lives get if we refuse to submit and obey God? Just think about it in your own lives. Sometimes you're not submitted to God. How bad does it get before he gets your attention? What happens? How much destruction can happen? Can you think of a time in your life when you refuse to submit to God? Get that in your mind. Now think of this. How did it go for you? How did it work out for you? Probably not very well, did it? Okay. Let's look at Ephesians 21. Ephesians 21. Ephesians 5.21. Wow, I was thinking there ain't no Ephesians 21. Ephesians 5.21. The Bible says, Submitting yourselves one to another. Our pastor has been teaching us about that, right? One to another. Submitting yourselves one to the n- another in the fear of God. That's not, that's not a scaredy cat fear. That means you're submitting yourselves one to another because you respect God. And he told you to. So God commands us to submit one to, one to another in a godly way. And it's not for our benefit, guys. It's to show respect and obedience to God. Wow. So whoever he places above you, you're submitting because God told you to. Okay? Let's look at Hebrews 13, 17. Hebrews 13, 17. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watched for your souls as they must give account. That's pretty important. Listen to that. That they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for who? For you. Submit to those that God puts in power above you. Right? God commands us to submit to those that he chooses and he places above us. Why? And these people he's talking about here, he's talking about those that we submit to are placed over us to watch for our souls. That's interesting. Watch for our souls. Well, who would that be? That'd be your pastor for sure, right? Your pastor? What about your teacher, your Sunday school teacher? Okay. What about your parents if you're children? Okay. Wives? How about your husband? He's put over you to watch for your soul. That means he's trying to correct you so you won't be in rebellion against God. Parent, uh, children, same thing. Parents correct you so you will not be in, in rebellion against God. Look at the last of that verse, though. It says <clears throat> that, that they may do it with joy and not grief. So if, if you're submitting to those that are above you and you're allowing them to, to correct you and get you back right with God and get you there for, that's good for your own soul, 
it will be joyful. But if you fight against God and you fight against them, you find grief. And that's so true. We can see it in our lives, right? Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2. That's right, Cam. 1 Peter chapter 2. Get me on the right track. 1 Peter chapter 2. And let's look at verses 13 through 15. The Bible says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. That's right. You submit because of the Lord's sake, right? Whether it be to a king as supreme or unto governors or as to them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God. There's the key right there. The will of God that with well-doing you may be put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Okay? God commands us right here to submit to those that he allows to have governmental power over you. Okay, this would be our president. This would be governors. This would be mayors, even police officers. How many videos do you see of people not submitting to police officers? Does it ever go well for either party? No. Okay, that's God's plan. They serve a purpose, even though they may not be a Christian, just like our president is not a Christian, yet he serves a purpose in God's plan. Okay, so we submit to that that president, right? They all serve a purpose in God's plan and his way. And it's his will. That's what we need to get in our minds. We are not to fight against them unless they order to do us, to tell us to do what? Something against God. So if you have a president that tells you to burn your Bible, that's when you're like, no, I'm sorry, you're done, right? We are to do this not to bring glory to us, but to bring glory to God. Submission in, to those above us is to bring glory to God. So it's not about you. And without those that God placed in power above you, can you imagine the chaos and anarchy that the evil people of this earth would do? If God didn't put people in power and this earth was just running on its own, we wouldn't be in church right now. We'd be running for our lives every moment of every day. Okay? 1 Peter 5.5. 5. Let's look at this. The Bible says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourself to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace unto the humble. God commands the younger men and younger women to submit to the godly older persons in their lives. Right? And why is this? This is so that they can be taught God's will. They can be brought up in the way that God wants them to learn. Okay? How are you going to learn if somebody doesn't teach you? You're not going to lay your head on the Bible at night and it just absorbs in there. You know? And it teaches us, it, it, we teach them in godly humility. But I find it funny, it has pride in there. Because pride means you're not submitting. Okay? Let's go on. Look at this submission. Let's look at Titus. Let's get to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. You got it, Cam? Okay. Titus chapter 2, and let's read verses 3 through 5. The aged women, likewise, they are to be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, 
that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. You know, blasphemy is, is punishable by death. So if you're not submissive and you're not, and right here he's talking to the wives. He's talking to the women, right? So if you don't do these things, you're blaspheming God, right? And why does he focus on women right here? Because women are very important in his plan. Women are part of the marriage. Women are part of the family. You can't have them without them. Two men can't have a marriage and a family, not in a godly way. Two women can't has to be a man and a woman, right? And that's what's so important. And God shows us the importance of submission so older women can teach the younger women, right? And, and they teach them what? Godly ways. So God's name will not be blasphemed. And that's, like I said, blasphemy is punishable by death. This is very serious. Do you think God is serious about being submissive if he's saying it's punishable, you know, it, it's the same thing as blasphemy, it's on the same level? Yeah, I think he is, right? We also see that God resists the proud again. We talk about that pride. Why? Because those with pride will not submit and will not obey God. And guess what? If they're not submitting to God, they won't submit to those he puts above them. And their pride. Pride. We see it right here. Titus 2.9. Let's look at that. The Bible says, exhort servants to be obedient to their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. Don't talk back, right? So God commands, even if you find yourself as a servant, you're to su submit to your own master. Okay? And that's to please them in all things and not to talk back. And why is that done? That is done to bring glory to God, not to that servant. Okay? God knows there's slavery on this earth. He doesn't condone it, and it's horrible. But if you find yourself in that situation, he says, submit to bring glory to my name. Okay? And you might win your master to Christ if you do that, right? So let's look at Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6 again. It's all about bringing glory to God. Being obedient to God brings glory to God. Not submitting, it's rebellion. Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 1 through, 1 through 3. This is very important. Listen to this one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou may livest long on the earth. Wow. First commandment with promise. What does it promise? Kids, it promises you that if you submit to your, to your parents in a godly way, you're promised to have a, a peaceful life and a long life. The flip side of that is not, not a good thing. Let's look at Colossians uh, 3.20. Colossians 3.20. Another part of this. Colossians 3.20 says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. So because of God's will, children are supposed to submit to their parents in all things. Not just what they feel like submitting to. Not just what, eh, I'll submit to that, but I ain't going to submit to this. That's called rebellion against your parents. And then you're in a rebellion against God. And it's not going to work out well for you. Remember the promise we just read. Okay, well, let's look at Ephesians 5. <clears throat> and we're going to get to why the world's in a mess pretty soon. 
But let's look at this. Ephesians 5, 22 to 24. The, the Bible says wives. So he's talking to the wives again. Why? Because wives are very important to the home, right? Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Wow. Why, is he, why does God focus on that so much? Well, God commands wives to submit to their own husbands in everything. Remember we talked about that 100% thing. If you're not 100% submitted to God, you're in rebellion. And you're blaspheming. That's awesome, right? Same thing here. He says, submit to your husband in everything, just as you're supposed to be submitting to Christ. You're going to submit to God? Then you submit to your husband. He's, he says to submit in everything, not just what you feel like submitting to. Okay? Imagine the peace in a home when a husband submits to God and the wife submits to God and her husband in everything. Imagine that home. Imagine what our world would look like today if those homes existed. Be our, we wouldn't know what to do. We'd probably all faint, right? So if a wife cannot submit to her husband, then she is not submitting to God. Because that's his plan and that's his will, right? And guess what that was called? Pride. That's called blasphemy. Let's look at Colossians 3.18. See how serious God is about this submission things. Colossians 3.18. Again, here the Bible tells us, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. As it is fit in the Lord. What does that mean? That means it's fitting. What does that mean? Well, that means as it is right. There we go. Do the right thing is what he's telling you. Again, we see that God commands wives to submit to their own husbands, not some other man, not some other woman, not some other anything, not a TV show, not a movie, not a, a radio show, not a talk show host, nothing. Submit to the husband that God put above you. Okay? Wives do this, why? Because God provides them that husband, right? He chose that husband for them for a reason, because he knew that you needed something that that husband will provide. But if you refuse to submit, you're not going to get that benefit, right? Wives are, are to submit in, in God's will because it is God's will, not to make the husband some master or king above them. Okay? This is to fulfill God's plan to have a husband be the leader of the home. There, there cannot be two leaders in one home. If you imagine an army with two leaders, it'd be a mess, right? It'd be a division, you know? This always ends in disaster. It ends up with messed up children and, a, and a, usually a divorce and a marriage that was brought together by God gets dissolved. And what does God say? Let no man put asunder what I put together. Okay. How is submission? He's pretty serious about it. And what selfish pride does to divide a marriage and divide a home and damage children all because somebody refuses to submit to God? That's pretty bad. Think about that. You have so much pride and you're so selfish that you'll destroy your marriage and destroy your home and destroy children and destroy a church and destroy. I mean, the dis destruction goes on and on. Look at our world, right? This is where obedience and prayer comes into play. You need to pray because it's hard to submit, right? Oh, it is. 
You need to be on your knees praying. God, help me. Let's look at Romans 10. Let's look at Romans 10. Romans 10, guys. 10, 3. Romans 10, verse 3 says, For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Wow. So when you fail to submit to God and submit to those that he places above you, guess what? You do that because you're doing what you think is right in your own eyes. You're building your own righteousness, right? And that's just a recipe for disaster. Look at the condition of the world today because we do not submit. And I'm, I'm just as guilty as everybody. You don't submit as a father. You don't submit as a wife. You're going to have children that don't submit. Okay? Let's look at Genesis. Let's start in Genesis. Let's look at this world today because of submission that doesn't happen. Genesis 2.18. Very important verse, right? Lord said, the Bible says, And the Lord God said, so this is straight from God. The Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. God says, he doesn't, a man can't be alone because they'll get crazy. They need somebody to ground them, right? And that's a wife. That's not a dog or a cat. Man's best friend ain't going to cut it. It's a wife. It's not good to be alone because men, when we're alone, we get in trouble. We blow stuff up and we build things that fall apart and kill people. You know, we, he knew we needed that wife, Right? I mean, you, you put a bunch of men together and they're on a cattle drive with cows and no wives. They're going to start burning trees and, you know, shooting cows and it's going to go bad. But let's look at, let's look over here, chapter 2, verse 24. God also says, therefore, why is this? A man's not supposed to be alone, so he makes a helpmeet called a woman. It says, therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. So the man is supposed to cleave to the wife and they become one flesh. But can they cleave together if the wife will not submit and they're fighting? There's no cleaving there. There's no cleaving. You know, it just ain't going to happen. God commanded a man and a woman to become one in marriage. Why is that? Because God wants marriage. Because that's, that is his example to us. Remember, we're going to be married to Christ one day. Do you think we're going to go up there and, and not submit and, and we're not going to cleave to Christ? That wouldn't be a very good marriage, would it? No, it's going to be a perfect marriage. So he says to have a perfect marriage, you need to cleave together in a marriage that I designed. I gave you a husband. Husband, I gave you a wife, right? You're supposed to be one leader and one follower and that's the home God wants. Because guess what? In the marriage with Christ, he's the leader, we're the followers. Anything else is dysfunction. Okay, And when this pattern is broken, there's total, complete destruction. And if you don't believe me, think about single-parent homes today. Okay, There's like almost 80% single-parent homes in, in some cultures today, where there used to be 15%, just what, back in the 60s. Okay, What do single-parent homes bring? They bring increased crime, they bring destruction, they bring chaos, they bring death, all because of what? A lack of submission to God. Okay? What about marriages where there's no submission? Or let's say there's, you know, only 50% submission. What happens? Well, they don't cleave together, right? And one doesn't follow the other like they're supposed to. So what happens? The kids are messed up. 
What happens when you get messed up kids? You get crime, you get destruction, you get chaos, you get suicide, you get death. Okay? If you would look at guys in prison or people in prison and talk to them, their home structure is horrible. How do they get there? Lack of submission to God. Lack of submission to God. And where does it all end for these people that don't submit? They end up in hell. So think about your homes. You know, George, Diana, y'all are going to have kids one day. Submit to God 100%. Lead them right. Let your kids be that shining star in this darkness, right? Because there's a lot of kids out there that are not. What happens when we do not, do not submit? Genesis 16. Let's look at some things that happen when we don't submit. Genesis 16. Let's read 1 through 4. This is Sagar, uh, Sarai and Hagar and old Abram, right? Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare no children, him no children. And she had a handmaiden, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened unto the voice of Sarai. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt, in, dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. Okay. Well, we know what happened, right? Yeah. He had a kid with it, Hagar, right? And then read verse 4, and it says, He went into Hagar, and she conceived. Okay. He's doing what Sarah told him. And, and when she saw that she conceived her, her mistress was despised in her eyes. So now she hates Hagar, but it was her point. She told Abram to do it, and he obeyed. You know, Abram did not submit to God by leading his wife correctly. What happened? He let Sarai lead him. Total crazy. And why would he do that? Maybe he didn't want to fight with his wife. I don't know. But Sarai, when, when, when she needed it the most, when she needed her, her husband to step up and say, do the right thing. And that's not it. He didn't do it, right? She did not submit to God. And she told her husband what to do. Right? Then guess what? She led him. And Abram, he let his wife lead him, and he went into a sinful relationship, and he had a child named Ishmael with a woman that was not his wife, but it was at his wife's command. This is such a messed up situation, right? Yeah. What do we talk about? Not submitting to God? Abram didn't submit. Sarah didn't submit. Sarah became the leader of the home. Ishmael was born, and through this child Ishmael came Islam. Do you see any destruction in Islam? Egypt's, I mean Egypt, Israel's facing it today. Every country around them is from this one relationship where Abraham went into Hagar. Why? Because he could listen to his wife because she was the leader of the home at that moment. Bad, bad stuff, right? Well, if you don't think submission will destroy things, Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, and let's read just 1 through 7. <coughs> now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, 
ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall, shall you touch it, lest you die. So here she's, she's changing up the story a little bit, but, you know, and, and Satan's over there being his deceptive little, he's using God's words against her, right? The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods. That's playing on her pride, right? That is so much pride right there. Knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that there was, the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And gave also unto her husband. It could have stopped right there, but it didn't. It gets worse. And gave also unto her husband with her. He was there with her, guys. And he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Wow. What kind of submission did we miss here? Right? Adam. Not submit to God by leaving his, leading his wife correctly, did he? Uh-uh. Guess what he did? He pulled an Abram. He allowed Eve to lead her, him. She needed it the most. Satan was attacking her directly. And Adam should have stepped in and gone, uh-uh, Eve. We're not going to do that. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to do the right thing. So what happened, right? Eve did not submit to God, did she? Nope. She didn't submit to Abram, did she? I mean, to Adam, did she? Nope. Instead, Adam allowed Eve to lead him. This was their home. This is their marriage, right? And through this one failure of submission, sin entered into the world. Do you see any destruction from sin entering the world? I do. A lot, right? So what do you think Sarah and Eve would have done if their husbands would have corrected them. You know? What would have happened? Do you think Sarah and, 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 and Eve, if, if Adam and Abram came to them and said, uh-uh, that's not right. The right thing would have been if the wife would have submitted to them and said, oh, you're right. Thank you for correcting me. But what do they, do you, or do you think Eve would have been, uh-uh-uh? And it would have been an argument. And maybe Eve would have slipped on the other side of the garden for a week. You know? And Sarah, you know, she wouldn't talk to Abram for a month. What would happen? We don't know. We know what did happen, though, right? We know there was no submission. And because of this lack of submission to God from all parties involved, because of that, the world is in chaos, right? Because we fail to submit to God, the world is in terrible condition. And it's happening today in our homes. Men fail to submit to God. Women fail to submit to their husbands. And the children fail to submit to everybody. They don't even submit to teachers. They don't submit to police officers because they have learned to not submit through their parents, right? What do your kids see in their home, right? World leaders fail. Pastors fail. Husbands fail. Wives fail. Parents fail. Children fail. So what happens? We all fail to submit and obey God. And this is the world we get because of it. This is the world we have. This is our world. This is our nation. This is our churches, our marriages, our families are all in chaos today because we refuse to submit to God. And God's sending a son. He sent a son. 
And that's what birthday we're celebrating. That Jesus Christ. Do you submit to Jesus Christ? We heard his words today. Do you submit? So if you fail to submit to God, or maybe you fail to submit to those who he put above you, go make it right today. Get on your knees and get it right with God and get it right with those that, that you don't submit to. You know why? Because you need to stop the destruction. You need to do the right thing, right? So how is your submission to God and, and, and those around you that he's placed above you? How is it? Just think about it. Do you submit? Are you in submission? Or are you in rebellion? You know? Are you, do you submit to, to God and, and do you submit to those he put above you 90% of the time? Maybe 99% of the time. Maybe you're awesome. But guess what? That 1% means you're 100% failure. And because you're 100% failure, you'll see it in your family. You'll see it in your homes. You'll see it in your children. And then guess what? You'll see it in your church. You'll see it in your workplace. And guess where we're going to see it? In the world. So is this world submission to Jesus Christ, the Lord, that's, that's born, not on December 25th, but that's when we celebrate it? So we're getting ready to, to celebrate his birthday tomorrow, right? Are we going to do it in submission? 2024 is getting ready to start. Are we going to start 2024 in rebellion or in submission? Think about that. Okay, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you today, Lord. And God, I ask you just to be with us, Lord. Just lead us and guide us through this day, Lord. And I ask you to please help us just, Lord, please help us learn to submit to you, Lord. And I ask you to help me learn to submit and just do the right thing that God tells us to do. And just follow you and be with you, Lord. And God, I ask you, please just help us with our homes and our children, Lord. Just maybe 2024 be a different for all of us, Lord. And, and Lord, then if we just learn to submit, can you imagine the revival we would have, Lord? And God, I ask you just to be with us the rest of this day, Lord. Just keep us safe and let us continue to learn from you and, and meet with you and worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.